you just don't know, you know, who you're affecting and, and then how that's multiplying. So it's a, it's a good spot to be in, um, you know, to be able to help people and influence people in a positive way. This is The Playbook. I have the incredible Mel Tucker with us. He is the head coach today at Michigan State University, a former football player, a Buckeye from uh, Cleveland, Ohio, University of Colorado's former head coach, interim head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. Uh, welcome to the playbook, Mel. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. Well, I love your journey. First of all, I love anyone from Ohio because <laughs> it's a great place to be from. Uh, and there's, you know, a work ethic. Uh, you know, people ask me, Dave, how have you attained the success that you have? I said, because I'm consistent and persistent in the pursuit of my potential. My grandfather sold tires out of the back of the truck six days a week, 12 hours a day, and he wasn't anything special in Ohio. Everybody had that mindset of you go to work and you do your best, you learn lessons, you have fun, and you go back to work, do your best, learn lessons and have fun. It wasn't difficult coming from that part of the world. What were some of the lessons that you learned about work ethic and then how have you applied that to instill that into a generation that may not have the same perspective of discipline and work ethic that we had growing up in Ohio in the 70s. Yeah, no, thank you for that. So uh, I've always uh, been taught that it's all about it's all about the work that you put into something. And um, you know, my parents my parents taught me that. Um, you know, my dad um, was a tireless worker. You know, I saw him, you know, get up early and uh, go to work and, and I saw him stay late. And, uh, you know, I was the only child for, for eight years. And so I spent a lot of time with my parents. And so I saw um, I saw the work ethic uh, from from them and, you know, in their and in, in their friends, you know, people that you know, they were they were with, you know, whether they were school teachers or they worked at the you know, at the steel at the steel mill or whatever it was, it was all about the work. and. And, uh, you know, anytime that I, that I wanted, uh, you know, money, extra money, uh, you know, just to, uh, you know, buy a pizza or to grab a pair of sh shoes or something like that, you know, it was all about go get a job, <laughs> you know, go get a job. I mean, I had a, I had a paper route when I was, uh, when I was younger and always, always had jobs when I was in high school, always had jobs, whether it was shoveling driveways or cleaning yards or, cleaning carpets or housekeeping or, you know, you name it, you know, I, I did it. And so, um, you know, I, I believe in hard work. I believe in, you know, bootstrapping and, and uh, rolling your sleeves up and, you know, no excuses, no explanations, you know, just find a way to get it done. And, and that's the culture that we have here at Michigan State. You know, it's a relentless mindset. You know, it's high velocity. It's nonstop. You know, it's, it's no excuses, no explanations. You know, sense of urgency, attention to detail, you know, just just find a way, find a way to get it done and find a way to get better, you know, each and every day. And so um, and our program is built upon that. Our program is built on hard work and, and roll your sleeves up and, and, and find a way to get the job done. And to that measure, you talked about watching. I always tell people I'm 54 years old now. I still don't listen to my mom, although I love her more than probably <laughs> I should. I, 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 you know, I'm a mama's boy through and through, but I watch my mom. I watched my mom work two jobs as a single mom, raised six kids, all who went to the Ivy Leagues, all who obtained scholarships, uh, overachieved in every matter because they watched my mom and 
most of my siblings didn't listen to her either. And I find the same thing with coaching. Lou Holtz uh, told me a great saying. He said, David, you know, it's not what I say, it's what they see and hear. And, you know, through that, you were able to watch some extraordinary coaches. You played, uh, you know, at Wisconsin for uh, a great coach. You watched Jim Tressel and coach with him. Nick Saban uh, was one of your uh, mentors as well. Watching those people beyond your parents, what lessons have you learned about being watched? Because <laughs> as you've seen, there's a lot of coaches, you know, that they may talk the talk, but it's the ones like Nick Saban that whether you're around or not, and you're watching him, he's living to what he's teaching. Yeah, no doubt. All of those guys you mentioned, uh, Barry Alvarez, Jim Trussell, uh, Nick Saban, Romeo Cornell, uh, they were all great role models. Um, you, could, you could see them every day getting the job done. You know, uh, you know, Nick Saban would never ask you to do anything that he wasn't willing to do himself. You know, he's always a guy that's leading the charge. He's in recruiting or team building or X's and O's. You know, he's a hard guy to keep up with, you know, because he's actually doing the work. And, and all of those coaches that you mentioned uh, were those types of guys. And you never know who's watching. You never know who's watching. You never know what type of impact that you're having on the people, what type of influence you have on other people, you know. And, you know, as, as I get more experience and I get older, um, you know, I'm, I'm to the point now where I'm, you know, I'm running into guys that I coached, you know, 20 years ago and uh, I'm recruiting some of their kids, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, and uh, I'm just amazed at some of the stories that they tell me about, about, about myself. Like, do you, do you remember coach when you told me this, or, or I used to see you do this, or I used to see you do that. And, and, you know, I've been following your career all this time and, and you just never know what type of impact you, you have on you have on people. And you don't necessarily have to be in charge, you know, to be a role model, to, to have influence. Um, you can lead, you know, 360 degrees, wherever you're from, you know, you can lead and, and leadership is influence. And when people see uh, someone doing things the right way, they see people, they see you working hard, um, they see you uh, being resilient, uh, you know, that, that resonates with people. And because it's it's uh it's something that it makes it makes too much sense, you know. And you know, you say you know we don't listen to our parents as much as we as much as we should, um, but we listen to them enough, you know. Because um, you know, like being a single mom and putting six kids through 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 uh, Ivy League schools, um, you knew that she was doing something right. You knew that she was yes. doing something right, and and that and that's what and that's what it is. People know they can see it, they can recognize and say, you know what, this person is doing something that I want to do, um, and uh, and that's and that's the that's the beauty of it, you know. And and it's a it's a multiplier effect. You just don't know, you know, who you're affecting, and and then and 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 how that's multiplying. So it's a it's a good spot to be in, um, you know, to be able to help people and influence people in a positive way. And you're doing that. And like you said, recognition of success from being the first coach ever at Michigan State to beat Michigan his first two seasons out, which I always enjoy because my two favorite teams in college are Ohio State 
and whoever is playing Michigan. So that made Michigan State my favorite, second favorite team. Uh, and uh, even moreover, winning the Big Ten Coach of the Year in 2021. But the success of your players is your greatest success. Uh, and that's on and off the field. Obviously, very few coaches have as many successful players in the NFL, All-Americans and Pro Bowlers. But off the field, like you said, over the two decades, you're starting to see the impact, the social change. To that measure, you know, I've been involved uh, from representing uh, the Clemente family to Warren Moon, the first African-American quarterback in the Hall of Fame, uh, both U.S. and uh, the Canadian Hall of Fame, and having to deal with what happened way back then when they put him up into Canada for six years with all the talent he had. Uh, our mission, Warren and I, is in, in Jackie Robinson and, and do, working on the movie and in that efforts with Rachel. But it's really interesting, Warren and I were talking that our mission for quarterbacks was that there wouldn't be any talk by today. Nobody would say, oh, he's a black quarterback. <laughs> we just wanted him to be a tall quarterback, you know, a strong quarterback, a dumb quarterback. But we, we didn't want the color of our skin to differentiate quarterbacks anymore. And we thought by far that coaching would take a shorter time, actually, uh, with the Rooney rule and other things to to not distinguish a quarterback by the color of their skin. And yet today it, it's still challenging. And you're a leader uh, to create equity and inclusion of everyone, not just people of color, but, but out of everyone for the character and for the performance and the content of that character. Um, what, you know, through the Big Ten Anti-Hate Coalition, the Anti-Racism Coalition, what are some of the challenges that you see with the longevity that you've had as a leader, uh, a minority leader? What are some of the challenges of why we can't seem to get the traction that we have, you know, in other places with coaches specifically? Yeah, that's a, I mean, I, we could probably spend a, a, a couple of days talking about that because it's, it's, uh, it's, it seems to be very complicated very complicated it's very nuanced um and it is it's it's very challenging to say the least uh, you know my experience has been um that you know as you can't hire yourself <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, you know someone someone's got i'm quoting you on that one that's a good one <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes you know they're so the decision makers um you know you know have to uh have to decide um, that they're going to uh, that they're going to hire a, a black coach, you know, yeah. and uh, and 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 so the things that the things that 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 I hear, I've heard over the years is that, um, you know, they uh, they want to hire people that they're comfortable with, which we all want to do that, you know, yeah. we all want to hire people you feel good about. Um, and uh, so, you know, what is what is that circle of influence, and and how um, how what an owner, a GM, you know, an athletic director, you know, board of trustees, you know, alumni base, how do you get comfortable with a candidate, you know, and and uh, who's recommending that candidate, and uh, you know, who's uh, and what's the and what's the competition, and what is their circle of influence, you know, and that's. That's really what that's really what it comes what it comes down to, you know. And um, and I'm not sure that I have that. I'm not sure that I have the answer uh, for that because it is it is so complicated. And uh, you know, I don't know if you can you can't necessarily tell people who to hire, you know. But obviously, the Rooney Rule probably has not done 
what it was intended to do, um, ultimately. Um, and so, uh, you know, that, and that, that's being revisited now. I know, I know, you know, you know, how do we, how do we make that better? Um, but, you know, I've always felt like, um, and this was, be, this was before coaching, um, you know, my parents taught me that you're going to have to be twice as good, at least. You know, that's, that, that's, the, that's, that's the, uh, the type of pressure that, I, that, I've, that I've always put on myself is that you just can't be good. You just can't be good as you got to be twice as good. You got to be three times as good. You don't, there's no margin for error, you know, and, um, you know, and, and, that's, and that's really what drives me. You know, and, and I think that's part of the problem that I see from you know an outside perspective is that yeah. there's a smaller margin of error, uh, and most coaches lose, right? Most coaches have a losing season, most, uh, and or don't meet the expectations. You know, you know, you, you wonder with Jim Harbaugh in uh, who's a client of mine, and you know, as a player and, and, and now as a coach, you know, you wonder how short of a of, of a window they would have given someone that may have been a minority, you know, how quickly they would have changed their mind uh, with the failures that he had until this year, uh, getting his ass whooped by Ohio State every time. But uh, I had to throw that in there. Uh, anyway, more importantly, <laughs> uh, to that end, you know, you're also, you know, we deal with a lot of entrepreneurs will watch this uh, recruitment. I think the most critical business issue that existed today in America is recruitment and you are a master recruiter and i would love for you to share some of your uh advice on how you're able not only to recruit but to retain the talent that you have in a day and age where recruiting for business is almost as difficult as recruiting for college football and more importantly retaining employees is as hard as retaining college football players with NIL and all the transfer rules that never existed before. How are you dealing in what advice do you have for these CEOs today, the head football coaches of the businesses? How are you recruiting people? Well, you know, my dad was, my dad was my first coach. He was, uh, uh, you know, he coached me in little, in little league baseball and, um, you know, I, I trusted my dad, you know, Absolutely, 100%. He always kept it real with me. Um, we were he were, we were connected, you know. Um, he cared about me, obviously, you know, on the field but off the field. Um, and he was very knowledgeable. He was a great teacher, um, and he always made me better. He always and he never steered me wrong. He always he always made me better. Always made me better. And so in recruiting, you know, recruiting is about connection. It really is. I mean, and, and you have to first let the, um, the recruits know that, hey, I see you as a person, first and foremost. And at the end of the day, um, I want to see you succeed. Whether you come here or you go somewhere else. Um, you know, the, the bottom line is we want to take this football thing as far as we can take it. You're going to get a great education, hopefully have an opportunity to play in the National Football League. Um, but, you know, beyond that, you know, life after football is this an opportunity to, to, uh, to leverage all the resources that we have and, and, uh, and set yourself up for the rest of your life. You got to do whatever you want to do, you know, beyond football. 
And that's the message. And then, you know, that's the starting point. Now from there, then it's everything else. It's facilities, it's, you know, it's weight room, it's nutrition, it's, you know, academic support, you know, it's resources and internships and all those things. But um, people have to know that you actually really do care um, that you're in it, that you're in it for them, and that and it's, and it's your responsibility to make them better, to help them reach their full potential every day. And I've always felt like um, you have to recruit your players every single day, you know, the players that are on your team, and and that's and that's that that's what leads to you know high levels of retention with guys that you really want to keep, that you really want to have. Um, you have to recruit them. You have to and recruiting them by always selling your program, always telling them how you can help them get better on and off the field, you know, being a, being a great listener, you know, taking action, you know, making things happen, you know, doing what you say you're going to do um, and being, and being fair, you know, and being straightforward. Um, and I think people in recruiting, uh, you know, they, they, they respect when, um, when you shoot them straight, because there's a lot of misinformation out there and, you know, the highly recruited guys, you know, after a while, you know, they get, they get tired of that. You know, they, and as, as the process goes on, it could be two years, it could be three years, it could be, you know, it could be eight months or whatever, you know, after a while people start to see, you know, like who's real and, and, you know, who was not so real, who can I trust and who maybe I might not be able to trust with certain things. And, and so, and when you're competing with for players, and like you said, NIL now and, and the transfer portal, when you're competing, it's about comparison. And they're comparing you to the other people that are recruiting them. And they're gonna make a decision who checks the most boxes. And at the end of the day, parents and high school coaches, who can I send my son to? Who's gonna look out for him? Okay. And as a player, you know, can I trust this coach? Can I trust this staff? And are they going to help me get to where I want to go? You know, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, it was funny when we, I ran Lee Steinberg's, you know, sports and entertainment and dealing with the biggest names and that recruitment and retention was obviously a huge issue. We had a great line, the truth, the truth vibrates the fastest and your reputation and character for that truth, the overselling, back end selling, lying, manipulating and cheating becomes very apparent over the years of recruitment. Uh, and the truth actually stands out. It separates you. It may not be what you think they they want to hear, but we'd rather people love us for who we are, you know, than, than love us for who we're not. And last question, re real quick. The other thing I think is remarkable about you, and, and I believe this in business as well, is you see Michigan State as your destination. You're, you're there to build something. You're not there to exit your business, to take a huge profit, to move on. You know, a lot of people, I think, make this mistake in business. They're not there to build something, to be a part of it, to participate into it, to create a legacy uh, for themselves. And as you know, in the coaching uh, field, when we were young, especially in Ohio and Michigan, right, there's a great legacy. Uh, coaches were there to create a legacy. And we had Coach K leave you know, proving out what a legacy can do, how many lives you can change, uh, not only by winning, but also just by being that type of person. And, and, you know, generationally, I don't see as many people like you that are taking jobs and, you know, right up front saying, look, I'm very clear. I remember your first press conference, right? 
this, this is my home. This is my destination. I, this isn't a stepping stone to get to Ohio State as much as my heart was crying when you said it, right? <laughs> Michigan State is your place. Uh, how important is that, that you're there for the long run to build something compared to people who kind of have an exit strategy? Well, in order to get it done uh, at a high level, in order to win championships, uh, and to be in that conversation year in and year out, you have to be all in. I mean, it, it, the margins are just too slim, and it's just uh, it's just it's just too competitive because every single day you got to you got to be giving it everything that you have, and you have to be in the moment. You have to be present. You can't be looking around the corner, you know, or looking beyond. And you you gotta you gotta fight the fight, you know, every single day. And I remember uh, talking to Jim Trussell many years ago. Um, I wasn't, I was at Ohio State in his, with him at Ohio State in his first four years. And he told me that, uh, when he was an assistant coach and he was, you know, when he had some head coaching opportunities and Youngstown State was one of them. And, uh, someone told him, uh, you know, make that a great job, you know, make Youngstown State a great job, you know, and, you know, he did that. You know, Jim Trussell goes to Youngstown State and wins four national championships. You know, it, you're from Ohio, right? Yeah. I'm from Ohio. You know Youngstown. I know Youngstown. You know, that's not necessarily a place that you would think uh, a football coach would go and win four national championships. And he did it. And he made that place a dominant program at that level. You know, and, that, and, and he went in there and did that. And he, and he dug in. He was there for 15 years. You know, was there for 15 years, and and, uh, and and so, you know, I think it comes down to a decision. It comes down to a decision. I, I talked to a, um, I talked to one of our one of our donors uh, a little while back, and he's very very successful. And I asked him, I said, when did you start rolling? When did it? When did you really know that you had it going? And he said it was, you know, it was about, you know, he said it was about 2000. 2012. I said, "What happened? Was it a deal? Was it a was it a, a you know was it a, some type of connection? Was it something?" I said, "No, I just decided. I made a decision. I knew what I needed to do. I knew I had the information. I knew I had the skill, and I just made a decision that okay, now we're going to do this big, you know. And that's what it comes down to. And I've decided that 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 we're going to do it here at Michigan State." You know, that's just that's just what it's going to be. And once you once you actually make a decision, um, you know, then at that point, I, I think you can take off from there. And that's and that's that's what we're doing here. The relentless Mel Tucker on and off the field, creating and empowering so many people, being a great leader uh, as well. I really appreciate the time and helping people to enjoy the consistent everyday, persistent without quit, pursuit of their own potential. Uh, we need to see more Mel Tucker and those like Mel Tucker in football and outside of football. Please join me anytime. Thank you so much. I wish you all the best of luck in your career, except for when you play one team and we know what team that is. So I don't want to mention it. Congratulations on your great success. Take care, Mel. Yeah, thanks for having me, David. Uh, take care, buddy.